the professionals of professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Live. Your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Yeah, gotta be the only guy that smiles when I get an introduction from Khan. Thank you. This is Lewis Howard. You're listening to a special edition of Lewis Howard Live. Thank you for joining the conversation. As always, we're going coast to coast, reaching around the world from the Northwest, the U.S., and we are inspiring the world one program, one thought at a time. We're doing it live and in living color for you. This is a special edition of Lewis Howard Live in salute to the championship weekend, championship sports, football. By the time you hear this program, we'll have the game set for Super Bowl. And uh, maybe you're a fan, maybe you're not, but there's always lessons available in sports. In fact, I think the best lessons in life are from the athlete, the farmer, and the soldier. You can look at any three of those lives comprised in any way you want to, and you can learn lessons. So just because you're a sports fan doesn't mean you can't learn from the farmer or the soldier. And just because you are in military doesn't mean you can't learn from the opposite. So, And ladies, you can learn from all three. All right. So we appreciate you joining the show today. And today we want to talk about habits, making winning a habit. Habits are not just born. You don't get born with good habits. They're not just natural. I hear people say that's a natural-born leader, a natural-born salesperson, natural-born beauty. No such thing. It had to be cultivated. It had to be developed in a certain way, path, manner to make it consistent with the outcome of the habit that it is. Ask any woman. You know, I used to have an administrator work for me and, you know, very attractive and she'd come to work and amazing woman, talented, beautiful, but she'd come and someday she'd be late. She said, look, I had to spend an extra hour putting my bells and whistles on, right? So she's telling me she had to spend a little more time in her makeup just so she would have the habit of looking good. So we all have habits that we develop in our life. And sometimes you're so good at your habit, it looks natural. If you practice something long enough, you will think it's just a natural gift. I heard a wide receiver with the uh, Carolina Panthers say this one time. He says, I want to be so good at my job when I catch the ball and it looks so natural that the guy sitting on the couch eating a bag of chips Drinking a beer thinks he can do it. That's a habit. That is an amazing practice made perfect. So I think the difference is when you see people who have practiced good habits and behaviors and they do it so well, it looks natural. We think they're born with it, right? And that's the game. You want to look so good that it does look natural. Nothing worse than somebody that has a fake 
habit or pattern on them. It doesn't even look like it's them. When somebody's trying to try out for a, a script or a movie for the first time and they're not comfortable with the part or trying out for a play and they're not comfortable, it's not a good habit because they haven't got into the routine. So I want to give the insight today on making winning a habit. We're going to pick the area of winning, right? Everybody knows that we turn on the television to watch winners. We don't turn on the Golden Globes to see who are the losers. We don't watch the Grammars to see who didn't win. We're looking for the winners. We're not spending the time in sports or soccer or wherever you in your country or area watch to watch people lose, right? Nobody remembers who came in second place, right? Who was the second place candidate didn't win the last election in your area? You probably don't even know. You don't even know, right? So we focus on winners, and there's a reason why, because the winners have excelled to the top of their game, and they are standing out from the rest of the crowd. They are leaders among the pack. You know, for your old school sports fan, a Michael Jordan, he put on the court the intent to win. When the Bulls came to town, no one thought they were coming to town to lose. When the Lakers of old came to town, no one thought they were coming to lose. Showtime has arrived is what they would say, right? Which means they're going to walk off with the victory, right? So winning is very much the same way. Great individuals and teams just don't decide to win or born, but it is an established pattern of winning. Super Bowls. Tom Brady. Let's think about the New England Patriots. Yeah, this year, not so much, not going where. But previously, they have appeared in six Super Bowls and won five or six of those, right, since 2001. That is called a dynasty. That is a domination, right? They're winning. They're winning so much, we're tired of them winning, and we're ready for somebody else to win. That's how much Tom Brady and the Patriots have, have won. They have built a culture and habit of winning, uh, bringing certain players, uh, a solid head coach and Bill Belichick, uh, ownership, trainers, and, of course, the fans. So that's all part of the winning uh, team culture that the New England Patriots created. On the other side of that is the Cleveland Browns. NFL team plays football, has a stadium, has fans, but they have a history of losing. It is more likely than not that the Cleveland Browns are going to lose and not make the playoffs, even though their fans are excited every year thinking this is the year. It seems that no matter what coach they have, it seems that no matter what players they have, what quarterback they have, what playbook scheme they have, it doesn't get them into the playoffs and hadn't got them to the Super Bowl since, I don't know, the beginning of NFL, 1941, if the football was around then. But they still have. So what's the difference between Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and the Cleveland Browns? Both are men. Both are human. Both are athletes. Both play on the same field. And yet one has established a history of winning, a habit of winning a culture of winning. That's the difference. It's all about the culture. It's all about the habits that you 
have established. Think about your life, right? What good habits do you have that help you win in parenting, in relationship, in jobs? What good habits? Do you show up on time? Are you one of those early risers and you get there early and you stay late? Are you highly diligent and detailed in your work efforts? You see things other people don't see that makes you valuable to the team because of your good habits, right? Are you a great marketing mind? Uh, for my real estate professionals out there, do you have great ideas for your sellers and builders and investors that you represent? And that makes you a winner because you got good habits, right? Are you good lead generation? If you're a salesperson, telemarketer, how good did you, are you at your leads, right? But then at the same time, where are you not so good? Where do you need to change habits? Where do you need to improve? Because life is a balance. You can't have great habits in one area and a stack of bad habits in the other areas and think somehow you're going to win. Back to sports. You can't have great habits on the field and then have bad habits off the field and keep winning. We've, we've seen that way too much, right, in sports, right? And by the same token, if you're a good guy off the field and you're a lousy guy on the field, eh, still won't work. You got to have a, a balance, right? You got to be a sportsman of the year candidate because you have good habits off the field and you have good habits on the field. That's what winning is made of, is consistency. Where is the consistency in your life and in your journey. You want a million followers on Instagram? Where is your consistency in marketing and streaming and numbers and analytics and, and Google and all the things necessary to do that? Are you posting every day? Are you posting morning and night? Are you hitting the right times? What habits do you have? Here's what I find. I find a lot of people want success, but they got bad habits. I find a lot of people want want the money, but they don't want the process and the pain that it takes to get the money. They don't want the habits, right? And usually, here's the deal with habits. They're usually things that are not very glorious, sexy, exciting, fireworks, or whatever. They're usually things you have to do in private. You know, I was studying the life of Michael Phelps, uh, gold medal a winning award, winning swimmer. You know, he gets up at four o'clock in the morning to go practice the habit of his stroke, right? Just at 4.30. There are no cameras there. There are no fans there, right? There's no audience there. It's just him practicing in private so he can be good in public. Here's how you get good in the marketplace. Here's how you get good in your company and your team. It's what you do in private, right? In our nation, there is a hypocrisy in our democracy. People do one thing and say one thing in public. They're doing another thing in private. So if you're just joining us and wondering what I'm rambling about, I'm laying the foundation of how to create winning habits in your life on your journey. How do you excel? How do you get from where you are to where you want to be? How do you get in 2020 the best version of yourself? It's a new year. It's a new decade. This is the time to lay the foundation to start new habits and new means and new methods to get you to the top. Hey, you're listening to Lewis Howard Live. We're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to share with you how to build a pattern, 
of good habits in your life that'll take you for decades. And you are listening to Lewis Howard live streaming worldwide, coast to coast. We'll be right back after these messages. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 jobs. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Tuned in, listening to Jiving with Lewis Howard Live. We're talking about habits, winning habits, life-changing habits, world-changing habits. How do you get those? How do you go from being yourself to the people you admire on television, that you spend time watching sports, reality TV, the Kardashians, CNN, Fox, wherever you watch your person that you admire, because they're winning, whether they're bringing you information or they're entertaining you. And you say in the back of your mind, I want to be like that person. I want to be there. I want to be able to do the six o'clock news. I want to be a model. I want to have a golden globe. Well, it starts with building winning habits. You have to think big in small places. You can't just focus on the big places. You have to think about What am I doing every single day as a habit that can build upon itself that will lead to greatness? Really pay attention. If you really pick somebody that you admire in your life, I've studied success for 20 plus years. You hear the same thing over and over again for many of them. They usually started small. They started in obscurity. And they spent a lot of time practicing what is affectionately referred to as their craft, right, or training long before they were ever anybody you knew, right? And so we only see the end result. We see what the person is today, and that's what we want to be, but we don't see what the person was five years ago, 10 years ago. No one knew who a Kardashian was. No one knew who Kanye was. No one knew who your favorite rapper, hip-hop, pop, rock star was. They haven't just always been there. There was a time when they were not there, when Oprah Winfrey wasn't Oprah Winfrey. She was trying out for parts for Steven Spielberg and Quincy Jones, right? We don't think about that. We just think Oprah the billionaire. She just, like, came out of the womb and she was a billionaire. Not so much. Go and listen to the story and what you're going to find in the story and the journey of most successful people's lives is that they started with good habits. They started with good habits. So let me share with you what I think is not all of them, but some of the habits that I have studied from champions, successful people and individuals and employed in my own life that I think builds the foundation 
of at least being ready when the phone rings, when the opportunity calls, or you get that promotion, right? I know people that have spent a lifetime waiting for opportunities, and they blow it. You don't believe me? Go to TMZ. Just go to TMZ, follow TMZ for a week, and you will see people blowing great opportunities, getting DUIs, getting divorces, committing crimes, stealing, lying, cheating, right? Drug overdoses. People waiting a lifetime to become an actor or a singer, a songwriter, and they can't handle the pressure of it, and they're overdosing. Their life is gone, right? What happened? Somewhere, something took over their good habits and replaced them with bad habits, habits of addiction and drugs and the stress and the pressure of managing that life, and it took them down, right? So you want to build a good foundation underneath you. Now, it's no guarantee that you're not going to have problems. It's not going to be a guarantee you won't have challenge, but at least if you got good habits and a good foundation, you got a better chance of overcoming whatever problem, challenge comes your way than not. All right. So number one is the people you hang around. Life is about people and relationships. We all have relationships and those people are inspiring us to good habits or bad habits, right? And if no one, if they're not inspiring to any habits, the default is bad habits, right? So it begins with the people that you're hanging around. Sometimes you can't choose who your parents are and who your friends are and those relationships, but there are other times you can choose. So where you can choose who you hanging around, you need to make that decision. And especially if they're encouraging you to uh, do bad things, have bad habits, spend more money than you got go in debt, be addicted, lose, break up things, right? Go crazy, right? You may need to think, do I need to be around that person? Is that person going to help feed good habits? When you talk to athletes, one thing that they will say over and over again is they had a good mom or they had a good dad, they had a good grandparent. They had some people, person that was in their life that was good to help them move their habits. I studied the life of Magic Johnson, and his dad was a garbage truck guy. But his dad got up every day at 4.30, did his thing, make sure he was home by 6.30, made sure that Irvin Magic Johnson had the shoes and had the discipline and that didn't get into trouble down the street like the rest of the kids did, that he maintained a structure. And mom backfilled that with her wisdom and moral structure, which is one of the reasons why he was able to become such a great individual and still doing great things around the world. That's not by accident. It starts with the people. And sometimes we're raised by bad people, right? We got bad people. They just, you know, they don't know. They're putting bad habits in you. And at some point, you're going to have to deal with that and start to separate the wheat from the chaff, you know, the meat from the bone, and kind of look at, is this a good habit or bad habit? Is this something I should keep or is this something I should get rid of? It's a tough one, but you have to start with the people that you hang around. You become like the people that you hang around. Birds of a feather always flock together. Like always attracts like. If you are a negative person, you're going to attract negative people. If you are a sickly-minded person, you're going to attract that. If you're a happy person, you're going to attract happy happy people. So it begins with you, and then it feeds into the people that you're around. Number two is being teachable and coachable. 
one of the things that concerned me as a leader, as a as a so-called influencer, I don't really regard myself that, but I'm called that by other people, is that there are so many people that are not teachable. They are not coachable. You couldn't play for a championship team if you're not teachable and coachable, right? You get players that want to come on a team and they don't want to practice. They don't want to read the playbook. They don't want to go to the meetings. Then chances are they're probably not going to be on somebody like a Pete Carroll's team or a Bill Belichick's team. Super Bowl winning coaches are not going to tolerate that. Mediocre coaches might tolerate that. There's there's a reason why certain players who are great players can't find teams right now because they're not teachable. They're not coachable, right? And sometimes I was just having this conversation with someone. I had to let my doctor teach me about better health because I thought I knew enough because I was feeling okay, but there was another side of me that I didn't know anything about, and I had to get out of myself and listen to a professional that went to school many years to learn the human anatomy that I never did. You know, I learned the female anatomy, but not the human anatomy. I couldn't perform surgery on a mosquito, right? But I had to become teachable to my doctor so he could help me have better health, right? Some of you out there got money problems, but you don't have a money coach, right? You got a money partner, but you don't have a money coach. Who's coaching you on how to be better with money? I didn't get out of debt just because I thought it was a good idea. I had a cadre of people around me. I had mentors, coaches, financial accountants, lawyers. I mean, it was a work of people to help me over time get out of that situation. Are you teachable? Are you coachable, right? Do you think you don't have any bad habits and you don't do anything wrong? Because you got a good gift, because you are attractive, because you're handsome, because you're strong, and therefore you don't need to be teachable and coachable, well, you're probably headed for destruction, and you're not going to build a habit of winning. You may ride the winning on your looks for a while, but at some point, the check is going to come. At some point, that dog ain't going to hunt anymore, and then what are you left with, right? One of these days, the NFL career is over, then what are you left with? right? Your, your, your hot days will be behind you. What are you left with, right? You got to have something left over when the lights go down and the music stops and nobody's calling like they used to. You got to have habits. You got to have built something that is a winning tradition that's still valuable to people, no matter what your age is, no matter what stage that you are. I'm more valuable now that I have been in my whole life, right? I know more, I can do more, I can affect more now at the age that I am than I could have 20 years ago when I was in, quote, unquote, my prime. I can do more and last longer than half the people my age, right? I get up at 6.30, my day does not end to 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, right? I'm working on the weekends. I do these shows on the weekend, right? Just non-stoppable in my mind at this age. Why? Because I've been teachable about good health, about rest, about things that will help me have good longevity. So number two is, are you, are you being teachable? Number three, accountability. Who are you accountable to, right? I know people work for bosses, do not want to be accountable to them. 
They want to go to work, do what they want to do, leave, and don't want to have anybody say anything to them. <laughs> like, really? That doesn't work. You got to have accountability. Here's why you got to have accountability. Everybody has a blind side. Everybody has something about their life that they do not see. If you're fortunate to be married, your spouse is your blind side because they can see things about you that you cannot see about yourself. If you don't have that, you're lacking accountability. You need a friend, right? Some of the best people that work out, they go get accountability partners. So they both get up at 630 in the morning, get to the gym, and they kind of hold each other accountable, right? We have so many distractions in our culture, so many things that can uh, keep our mind off track. You need accountability. You need to have someone or something that holds you accountable. I'm one of those fortunate people where I'm pretty disciplined, so I don't have to have as much accountability in my life, but I do have to have some. When I'm working with organizations and partners, I have to have financial accountability. I have to have leadership accountability. I have to have result accountability. So even though I'm self-disciplined, you don't have to come wake me up every morning. I'm going to get up and do my thing. But when you're working with people, there's a certain level of reporting and accountability that needs to happen. If you want to be the lone wolf, out there just doing your thing, don't want to be accountable, that's not building winning habits. Winning habits are where I can do both. I can work alone, have good habits. I can work with people and have good habits, right? Because I have a foundation of good habits. So I have no problem being accountable and I have no problem being independent. So number four is vision and plan. You got to have a vision. You got to have a plan if you want to be a winner and have a consistent habit of winning, right? I got to have a vision. It doesn't have to always be written down. A lot of people say, you know, write it down. That's important. You got to write it down. Great. But sometimes I've known people just see things and they can ha and happen, right? So if you have a, a vivid imagination and you can imagine as I do, right? Or you write them down. I do that too. So I do both. I have what I see in my mind, but I also write it down. But you've got to have a habit if you want to break an old habit, have a vision for a new habit, right? If I want to lose X amount of weight, then I want to have a vision for the new habit. Maybe it's me going on vacation. Maybe it's me is buying that Italian suit that's a size smaller than what I'm wearing. Whatever it is, whatever is your vision. You've heard this over the years, have vision boards, put things on the refrigerator, you know, put them on your car dash, wherever it is. Well, there's truth to that because what you see, you'll make happen. What you say, you'll make happen. So have a plan and have a vision that helps direct where your habits are going. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to fall off the, the wagon. Just be willing to get back up. Number five is think like an athlete. I talk a lot about in my podcast about athletes. And the reason why is because they're a special breed of human being that seems to put their bodies through physical torture in order for one moment in time. Whether that is on Sunday or if you think about an Olympian, right now as you and I are conversating, there are Olympians training for the next Olympics. 
they're already in training before the trial Olympics happen, before the semifinals happen, and before they have that opportunity to stand in that moment in time and possible win the goal. I like athletes because they're willing to do what the average couch potato is not willing to do. I shared in a previous show, but I heard a story of an athlete, uh, Robert Turbin, who is a running back for the Seattle Seahawks, and how he gets up at 5.30 in the morning when he wasn't on a team. Are you willing to get up that early if you don't have a job? Most people are not. You get what I'm saying? That's the different mentality that an athlete has that everyday human beings don't have. And think about an athlete. Typically, an NFL player only plays uh, a few months out of the year. The other nine months, they're off. You get what I'm saying? And so they're training their bodies really for that few months that they're playing or the nine months that they're playing. The rest of the time, they're off, right? Teachers don't teach year-round, but they're training to, to be able to have the curriculum and the instruction and the certification to teach during that time that they're teaching. You and I work 40 hours a week. Are you training 120 hours for those 40? Probably not. Probably not, right? Uh, there's this new term that's been developed, party on a school night, right? Where people basically go out, they party late, and they know they have to work the next day right? But that's not good athlete. That's not good training. Most teams have a curfew of when they're home. Do you have a curfew? Do you have a time when you say, look, I'm going to be in bed by 10, by 11, or whatever time it is, because I'm up at six or I'm up at seven. That's the life of an athlete, but that is the life of the champion. That's what you pay for when you go and spend you and your family's money on these soccer games and football games and sporting events. You're paying for that person to be a world-class athlete, okay? You should be thinking world-class in your life. Number six is never quit and never surrender. If you just join us, we're talking about winning habits. What does it take? What are the principles that I need to have a winning habit? Never quitting. There are some people who have the habit of just giving up. Things don't go right, they quit. Relationship don't go right, they quit. Job don't go right, they quit, right? Food ain't right, we quit, right? So if you get in a habit of quitting, then that's your habit, right? That's not a good habit of lasting. If you get in the habit of surrendering to things, it's hard to get good good habits. So you're going to have to learn to hear the word no. You're going to have to learn how to work through rejection, right? When you hear great creations, what you don't realize is how many times they avoided quitting. I hear over and over how Thomas Edison invented the incandescent light bulb, but how many times did he fail before that light bulb came to fruition or success. 900 plus times I hear. I don't know the exact number, but he failed. Many politicians who've run for office failed many times before they got there, but they didn't quit. You and I get fired one time. It's all over. We are haters. We hate the company. We're done, right? So you have to get an attitude of just because I got turned down for the deal, the listing, the project, I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to learn from it. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get new habits. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get coachable. I'm going to get mentors. I'm going to come back and I 
am going to win. You know, in America, we love comeback stories. We love comeback stories, right? We're experiencing round one on the Seattle Seahawks with the comeback of Marshawn Lynch, right? Comeback. We love great comeback stories, right? Well, how does a one become a comeback story? They didn't quit. They didn't give up. They didn't just fade away into the sunset. So just to review, we've talked about how to build a pattern of winning habits is starts with the people that you're around. Number two, being teachable and coachable. Get a mentor. Get somebody smarter, richer, and at a higher level than you to teach you something. Be accountable. Find an accountability partner. Use your partner, use your spouse as an accountability source. They can see your blind sides. Number three is vision planning. You can't get anywhere. I don't want to be with anyone that doesn't have a vision or plan of where they're going. I don't want to get on a, in a car with somebody heading on a road trip and we don't know where we're going. Not fun for me, right? Uh, number five is think like an athlete, a world-class athlete. I heard someone say this. Be like a corporate athlete, a business athlete, a parental athlete, a relationship athlete that you put more time into something than even the time you get out of it. And number six is never quit and never surrender. And number seven and lastly is stay humble and proud of every victory, no matter how big or how small. Habits are built through small victories, things that don't really matter on the bigger scale. If my goal is to lose 30 pounds and I only lost one pound this week, I'm going to celebrate that because that is the building block to me getting to the 30. If I don't celebrate the one, I probably don't have a good chance of giving it 30. Here's what most people want. They want to wake up the next day, lost the 30 pounds. Okay. That's the only time they're going to celebrate. I woke up the next day. I'm a multimillionaire. I'll celebrate then. Right. But that means probably you stepped over a lot of people to get there. You probably walked out of a lot of rooms without saying thank you, right? Because no man or no woman is an island. It takes people. It takes relationships to help us get to where we want to. If somebody gives me a dime and, and it won't help, I will still say thank you. I used to loan people money. One of the reasons why I stopped loaning people money, because I would never loan them what they wanted me to loan them so they would never be thankful for what I gave them, right? They just weren't thankful because it didn't get them completely out of their situation. Well, it's not my job to get you out of a situation I didn't get you in in the first place. So if you can't be thankful for the little, then I don't want to put you in charge of much. Because you're not, if you're not thankful for the dollar I gave you, you're certainly not going to be thankful for the $1,000 I would give you. You see, it's a principle. So learn how to be thankful in little things. That, that's, I hear players, I love listening to these, you know, after the game uh, press conference. And you can hear it in the players, man. Some of them are just so humble and so thankful that they get an opportunity to do what they do, win, lose, or draw. That's a champion. That's a winner, right? Because you're not going to win every time. You're not going to be on, on top every time. But can you stay humble? Can you stay thankful? Here's what it comes down to. Winning is not easy. And if it was, everyone would be, have a million followers on Instagram tomorrow, right? We'd have 90% of people multimillionaires, right? We'd have people instant singers, actors, models, and celebrities, but winning costs. Winning costs time, 
It costs money. It costs blood, sweat, and tears. And many people will not pay the price to get a winning habit and a pattern in their life. But if you're willing to be a grinder, grind it out, you may have what it takes to stand in the winner's circle year after year after year. Maybe you can be the Tom Brady of your business, your industry. Maybe you can be the LeBron of your sphere and your area because you're winning year after year after year. Hey, thank you again for joining us for another podcast edition of Lewis Tower Live. And as always, you can reach us 24-7 on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, uh, hi else, uh, FM Player, uh, Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. And so, and of course, well, the one that started off blogtalkradio.com. So we are available. You can download us. You can MP3, 4, 5, us, 6, us, whatever it is, and reach out to us. And we are glad you enjoy it. And as always, if I can give you one thought, one idea, it's made the difference in helping you become the best version of yourself. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next edition of Lewis Howard Live. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 jobs.